Uh, yeah, welcome everyone. And um, yeah, I'm uh, talking about Digital Radio Mondial, uh, which is a, a digital radio standard, um, not to mix up with other standards that uh, some other people are also sometimes talking about. Um, this is about uh, a DRM. And um, yeah, I hope you'll enjoy it. Um, uh, quickly, I, I took most of these slides out because I'm, I really want to talk about what's happening here in South Africa and what is local. But just for a background, the DRM consortium was founded in 1998. Um, so it's, uh, it's, uh, it's an open standard. Um, it doesn't belong to like a, a company like in, in America, HD Radio belongs to Ubiquiti. So if you want to, to do that stuff and you have to go there and, 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 and beg that they give you the technology, um, DRM is open. Uh, the consortium is a non-profit non organization, um, has about uh, 100 international members, um, some left, some others came, so it's a little bit of an in and out. Of course, during the time when the technical standard was developed, they had more uh, also members that contributed to the technical platform. Um, now it's more implementers that are more and more getting excited and getting uh, into the consortium, like your, your, your car radio manufacturers, uh, Pioneer and Kenwood, and, and uh, also we've got now members from South Africa, one of us is us. I mean, one of the members um, is, uh, is Kofifi FM 97.2, uh, which is the brand or the radio station operated by the Westbury Community Development Center. Um, there's experts and technologists and uh, this uh, thing is open. Whoever wants to, to participate after this presentation, maybe you make a decision towards it. Would be appreciated by the consortium. I'm not representing the consortium. I'm just uh, using this slide here. So here is a selection of, of members. You see Centec and, and us from South Africa. Then you see some very big names in there. Um, <coughs> NXP, uh, uh, leading chipset manufacturers for car radios worldwide. Uh, Fraunhofer Institute, these are the guys that invented the MP3 uh, standard. Um, <coughs> big broadcaster uh, technology, Thomson, um, Gates Air, previously Harris. Um, of course, the BBC World uh, Service is in there. Ampegon used to be Thomson, uh, um, they're now in, in Transradio, was the, the previous Telefunken. So all of those guys are part. Um, there are over DRM, uh, 100 DRM services around the world. Um, the most exciting one, All India Radio, uh, with more than uh, 600 million listeners. Um, we've got um, the BBC World Service, we've got Radio France, uh, and yeah, you can see, I think we'll make also a copy of the presentation available so that I don't need to go through everything that is maybe rather for, for research uh, purposes. Um, key facts, as I said, open, uh, open standard. It's an organic standard. Um, <clears throat> organic means that it can be run by by people that uh, that are not maybe so much technologists. Um, it's it's a standard that can be adopted by a community, and that is what we will come to uh, just now. Uh, it enables all coverage scenarios from the local community up to an international coverage, because DRM operates in the AM bands and in the FM bands which means it can run on shortwave and cover more than 4,000 kilometers distance, or it can run on an FM band and just you know, have some, some kilometers of, of radius. It can e either work in digital only mode, 
or in simulcast. Simulcast is important when it comes to a migration type of uh, scenario where, we, where, where you have uh, analog and digital broadcast simultaneously on the same uh, carrier. Um, they, uh, as it works exactly on the same frequency, and that's a big difference between DRM and, for example, DAB, is that it uses the same frequency bands that you right now use for analog broadcasting. So if we talk FM band, we really talk about the FM band. We have here in Johannesburg 101.0 and 101.5 used by SABC RSG, and we are on 101.25, we are in the middle, so we are in the FM band. And the trial that we are doing right now, and that I'm going to talk about, is it's showing that we are not interfering with the AM band. This FM band, same as in AM band, You've got a 702, you know the old frequency, there's no LM radio broadcasting on it. And the, the, the same medium wave frequencies that you know from medium wave can be used by this technology for crystal clear sound in the AM bands. It's an ITU endorsed, and it's the only ITU, ITU endorsed worldwide uh, endorsed standard, as it can operate in all ITU regions, which have different, you know, um, bandwidth and different frequencies. You know in America, for example, you don't have the even, you only have the odd numbers. In FM, it means in FM, a carrier in America can be 400 uh, kilohertz large. So the HD radio that comes from America is designed for that one. It will not work in, a, in, in an FM band that is, that is used here in, in, in Region 1 or in, in, in Region 3. Um, then uh, all the details are open and standardized. Now here you see it's the most recent ITU confirmed digital radio standard. Um, DAB started in 1995, it was actually on air. They started building that standard when I was playing with the Commodore 64. <laughs> it was like in the 80s when they started that stuff and then HD came after that. Um, uh, 2003 was when the, the, the DRM for AM basically was, uh, was published. Uh, AM bands was the main objective when they started. And then only in uh, 2011, they also said we, we must have it in the FM band so to accommodate community radio station, etc. In 2015, 2015, XEAAC um, audio codec is the world's most efficient audio codec. With 16 kilobit, you have a crystal clear um, stereo sound. Uh, DRM, DRM, the only standard that has that um, that's, uh, uh, audio codec included. Now you see the coverage scenario again. Um, so from VHF band 3, it can also operate in VHF band 3, it can operate in band 1 and 2, band 2 being the FM band, medium wave or short wave, uh, many thousand kilometers, whilst DAB is exclusively and only operating in VHF band 3. Now, the two um, areas are, is, is one area below 30 megahertz, that is your DRM30, and then all the frequencies above um, 30 megahertz is band 1, band 2, and band 3, and of course everything in between is, is called DRM+, but both together belongs to the, to the DRM family of standards. Um, some people confuse that sometimes, this is why I try to, to explain that. Key features, um, more choice for listeners, uh, you have in that little DRM digital slot that you, that you use in your spectrum, which is much smaller than your, your, your analog FM, for example, can have up to three radio programs in there, plus multimedia, everything on one frequency. Um, and uh, so the way that it works, you've got one program, in the, this is it, still the analog scenario, one program going through a network, going to one transmitter. If you have a network with more 
than one transmitter. It means so these frequencies, they have to use different frequencies, otherwise you have interferences. And still it's only one program, while here you've got up to three programs plus data, goes into distribution and these transmitters even can all run on one frequency, called a single frequency network. Um, excellent audio quality. This one I really want to give you an example uh, because it's, it's just too exciting to, to listen to this. So we've got here a, a broadcast that was made from Sinesh in the south of Portugal, signal going over 4,000 kilometers to Kotka in Finland. Yeah. So this was on, on shortwave. Here first we have a sound example of the analog shortwave. So your typical fading and um, noise and bad quality that comes on, on, on the shortwave. This is why people don't like shortwave nowadays. A little bit of interference from another station trying to clamp in there now. Same transmitter, same uh, uh, reception um, location, but now on digital, on DRM. So really think that you're listening to an FM station that is just close by, but the signal is coming over 4,000 kilometers through the sky. Another example uh, on medium wave is another broadcast here. So it's going from um, from Erlangen, sorry, from Offerness uh, in UK um, to Erlangen. This is a distance of um, almost 1,000 kilometers on on the night uh, propagation of medium wave. So in medium wave, you know what happens at night. Um, other stations are going to, to be on the same frequency. You want to listen to that music, but apart from the bad quality, this Spanish other station is talking into, into your broadcast. No. Listen to the same thing on DRM. Crystal clear sound, and of course, whatever else is in that frequency will not be affected on uh, the digital broadcast. Bienvenidos a esta emisión de prueba de DRM. Ra Sorry. Okay. Um, then, uh, yeah, good coverage area and robust signal supports a single frequency network. Here, just again, how it works. We've got um, the same content at the same time on the same frequency. Now imagine what's happening if you, if you want to put get fillers in. You have to use a new frequency. You want to, you want to expand your, 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 your uh, footprint. But ICASA will tell you, oh, sorry, man, we don't have another frequency for you. So you're stuck there with your coverage area. Here, you expand, you just add another transmitter on the same frequency. You don't need another frequency. You just expand your footprint as you wish. Uh, a fantastic technology. Um, so here we can see also, you know, difficult terrain, like where you've got reflections with high buildings, and you really want to, to, to add something there. You will, you will not have any effects, negative effects like that on... Uh, when if you work with the SFN, and here you get for as you say, I will need to be behind that mountain as well, no problem. Um, multimedia applications, and um, I will go a little bit into that a bit later, um, just to say that Journaline, Journaline is a data service which is coming over the airwaves. 
So it will not be connected to the internet. We, we, don't, we, we, we have a connectivity problem. People here don't have um, data. Sometimes they have, but then they, they, they ask, uh, they come, can I have five rent for A-time? Can I have five rent for data? Because people here, they, it's, it's expensive. It's not like in Europe or in America where it is clear that you have data on your phone. People, most people here, they don't have data. And the moment that, that, uh, that your, your, um, your data are finished, you are disconnected. You know, people, they, they have their pop-ups and News24. Uh, to read the news. The moment they don't have data, they don't have those news anymore. So um, what we call the digital divide is you know, the, the, the difference between people that, that have access to data and the other ones who don't have access to data. And we're looking for tools that can bridge the digital divide. Now, this is a service, as I said, comes through the airwaves, and later we will have some examples, um, that people can read and browse through information that comes onto their radio receiver without this thing ever having been connected to the internet. Um, slideshows, so pictures can be transmitted, even small video sequences. Um, of course, electronic program guides, so these are the typical applications that you find on digital media. And then um, TPEG traffic information, that is, that is the service that is turning your, 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 your Garmin uh, or your, your GPS into an intelligence thing that, that tells you, oh no man, you must now leave the highway and take because there's an accident there, you will spend the rest of your day. It will take that information from digital radio. It will not consume data from your mobile phone. Um, there is another feature called emergency warning and alert. I just want to go quickly through this, but this is what this thing can also do. Um, what happens if a disaster happens? And we see in Europe now, uh, almost every week we have terror attacks. Um, we've got the world climate change. Yesterday it was raining here. <laughs> it never happens in Joburg normally at this time of the year. So. Um, there's tsunamis, there's a lot of things that happen, and, and people are not alert. Um, there is a, 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 a running dissemination point where you want people to know um, about uh, a, a, something that happens, then following that, the crisis and rescue support. Now, if you think of what we just saw, a transmitter that is, lot, is, is far away, um, that, can, that can awake your digital radio and tell, okay, there's a problem here. Um, if a disaster happens, the first thing that breaks together, that, that collapses, is your mobile network. You know that even if at, at, at New Year's Eve, if you want to call your friends and wish them a Happy New Year, you won't even get through because everybody is using the phone at the same time. So if a disaster happens, everybody grabs their phone, they want to phone, is, where are my children, where are my, my, my parents, where, what's happening here? So these are the first to collapse. The second thing that collapses is the internet. The third one that will collapse is your FM radio stations that are close by, because they might be affected if it's an earthquake or if something that affects your area, your broadcast that is close by will collapse. Not so maybe a transmitter that is some 100 kilometers away. So if you implement the DRM system, including local broadcasts and broadcasts that come from far, uh, there will be a transmitter from, from a far distance that is not affected by the by the disaster that will switch on your phone and tell you, listen, there's a problem here. And then it, of course, gives you information in any language that you want because your radio has a display that can show you anything in the relevant, uh, in the, in the relevant language. Um, there is a little audio sample here, but I, am, I will skip that with regards to time. Um, DRM30, as I said, short, medium, and long wave. I'm not going too much deep into that today because um, there has been a trial that has been done by Radio Pulpit, 
and uh, by Centec um, that was done uh, uh, last year or the day in, 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 the, in the year before. They did a fantastic um, report about that trial, and you can find it in the internet. Um, but today we are more talking about DRM Plus because DRM Plus is in the FM bands. That's the radio technology that you would use really for community radio. Now, um, it was um, it's just uh, it's just a summary. It was endorsed in 2011 um, by ITU, and then also became a standard, Etsy standard. Um, worldwide spectrum compatibility because it uses only um, 100 kilohertz, uh, different bit rates that that you can configure in terms of do I want more uh, bit rate or do I want a more robust signal? Also depending on the terrain and other uh, things, it's had significant cost savings as you will see now. Um, so whoever is uh, thinking of business will will, will uh, be, be excited, and there is a transition path for established FM networks. Compared to FM, FM only band two, DRM plus operating band one to three, um, only uh, 100 kilohertz compared to 250 kilohertz. We can have up to three audio channels, theoretically four, but normally use that fourth channel for data. It can even give you surround uh, Dolby surround sound. Um, data much higher, and then um, very important single frequency. You cannot do single frequency networks in FM. Actually, you need, if you want to cover a larger terrain with one FM uh, uh, channel, you need up to six frequencies that they don't interfere with each other. Now, here you've got three uh, services on DRM that you can put into one, uh, um, into one transmitter, and on that frequency you can broadcast if you want nationwide, because you can have them all on the same frequency. So we've got a, a ratio of 1 to 18 in terms of spectrum efficiency uh, with that standard. Um, so you can see here, this is your FM band, and then you can just slot some DRM uh, in between. Some people say spectrum full, but the, the spectrum is never that much full that they, they won't fit a DRM signal in there. So you can also move into band 1 and to band 3 if, if you think your spectrum is full. Um, but as I said, in most scenarios, you, you wouldn't call it full. Um, coverage, here we've got a 10 kilowatt FM transmitter giving you one program. You need only one kilowatt DRM to cover the same area. Now think of that, that cost saving that you have here. And this cost in terms of electric energy, but also operational cost. So you see what here, this, this would be the transmitters that you would need for nine FM stations, right? So this will be the whole room full and air cons and, and a lot of energy. Now, the same job will be done by these three little devices. Also nine, nine programs, same coverage, but only this thing that can stand there on that table. And you, you hardly even need an air con for that. So reduced um, part diversity. You know, if something happens, if, 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 if a lightning hits your transmitter, your antenna, and your, your, your um, the transistors blow, you will have a high bill to replace them. Not so here, yeah, because the power is much needed, much, much less. Reduced heat load, cooling, reduced space. Um, cost savings on an on a OPEX basis. Here you've got an annual bill for a 10 kilowatt FM transmitter. It will cost you around $20,000 per annum. Now compared to this per program on DRM Plus, not even $1,000, your operational cost on energy. Um, then, of course, that is the, the, the operational cost. 
that is in terms of energy, cooling, floor space, etc. But also the, the capex cost. You want to look. You can you can um, with the modern FM transmitters. You can just add a module and make it a DRM transmitter. So you don't have to replace. You don't have to replace your antennas. You use the same antennas um, that you used for FM if you start uh, going digital. Here just a little cost scenario for for the capex. So you see, it's it's little money compared to if you wanted to 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 build a new FM station. Um, coming now to our trial, um, we started in March 2017 uh, when we got our license. Um, we are broadcasting here from uh, from um, Westbury. Westbury is uh, in, the, in the little western part of of, of Johannesburg. It's not far from here, um, and. Uh, we are a small community radio station, but we, we thought we must have a look at innovation and see how it can how it can help us. So we are on the top. This is our antennas. We are on top of a of a hospital building, Coronationville Hospital. Um, this is just a very famous picture of the fire town, some historical you know background of our community. Then um, receiving the signal with a with a little uh, stick here costs you less than 200 rand or let's say 12 dollars. For that, you can turn your tablet into a DRM receiver. And then here's our transmission equipment. Um, why did we do this? Um, DRM, hasn't, DRM Plus hasn't been tested yet. Uh, DAB, actually, they started testing from 2006. Um, also, DR, uh, as I mentioned earlier, DRM in the AM band was tested by Radio Pulpit, but there was, in the whole Africa, there wasn't a trial uh, of DRM Plus. So we thought, no man, we, before it comes to legislation, before it comes to policy, we must make sure that people are aware that there is this fantastic standard that can be used from communities. So we came as a community initiative there. We said, we want to do that. ICASA said, hey, cool, here's a license, go and, and do it. Although they were a bit scared in the beginning because now we're playing in the FM band. And we know in the FM band there's SABC and there are other broadcasters and if we would interfere with them they would be very upset. So Icasa also said, if we get any complaints you have to switch off your transmitter. Um, luckily it didn't happen, so um, uh, until now we're for four months we are on air and we don't interfere with anyone. Um, I want to give you a background of the Electronic Communications Act. Um, that is, it is the act. It's, it's something. Um, you know, we've got some international audience here. Um, I'm uh, also a non-South African. I'm only in South Africa since nine years. But um, one of the things that really have touched me in South Africa is, is the constitution. South Africa, and the reason why I think we still see, you know, after all the things that happened in the past, that still, still people are peacefully uh, together, that they know where they are coming from, where they're going to. And they have a complete different, you know, way of facing problems and solving problems. It's because we've, I think we've got one of the best constitutions in the world. And, and this constitution is, is protecting the country in a way that nobody can imagine. Even if, if there are big things happening in politics and people are upset with the president, the constitution is standing there like a, like a rock. Now, the broadcast, or it was the Broadcast Act now, it's called the Electronic Communications Act, talks straight the same language. It's like a, like a branch coming out of a tree, um, out of that constitution. So it, it says they can encourage investment, including strategy infra, uh, strategic infrastructure investment and innovation in the communication sector. It says there, efficient use of radio frequency spectrum, which of course this technology is doing, promote an environment of open, fair, non-discriminatory access to services. Non-discriminatory means 
Yes, Centric is a signal distributor, but it doesn't mean that if a community wants to, 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 to send a signal by themselves, that they can't do that. So it's a non-discriminatory access also to spectrum, to everything, you know, and um, encourage research and development, develop and promote SMMEs, small companies. They must come, they, they will be encouraged by this act. It's not only that they're encouraged by, 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 by the economy, they're encouraged and they're protected by the act. Now, I want to make that very clear. Um, if a foreign investor wants to come to South Africa and say, okay, we want to try something new, you've got this thing behind you. So it's not like you come to another country, I don't want to name a country here, where, where an ICT company just found themselves uh, paying uh, billions of, 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 uh, uh, of penalties over a little fine. <laughs> this is not going to happen to you in South Africa. So this is, this is your, your thing. And we found, uh, if we looked at community broadcasting service and other, other things, that this act is protecting us. So we say, no, we can make use of that, and we are now introducing this uh, technology. So it has social economic impacts that we believe are positive, efficient use of spectrum, data services, covering the, the rural areas. Of course, if you think of medium wave, short wave, it can go into the most rural areas. You sit somewhere in the mountain where there's no nothing, but you still have access to crystal clear radio sound. Um, job creation of, and uplift of the industry, more stations. We have a moratorium right now, you know that. Since about two years, um, there, no community radio station can apply for a license. Main reason being uh, that the regulator says, sorry, but we don't have spectrum for you guys. We cannot give you a new license. Now, they're looking for new technologies that can, can take new spectrum. And the moment we have more players, we have more jobs, and we have um, <coughs> uh, more skills development and, and an upliftment of the whole industry. Um, <coughs> So it will also demonstrate South Africa as an innovation base, and there's, you know, we've got only 11 languages, sorry, we don't have 57, but um, if still the 11 languages also need to be catered for. There, there are people, they don't understand English, there are people, they, they, they don't understand any other language, so they, you have to, if you want to, to bridge the digital divide, if you want to give information to people, you must provide it in the language that they understand and that they feel comfortable in. Um, so, Let's go into, into our trial. Before we went, we had to go basically and verify because Ikaza said, mm, yeah, you're in the FM space, so make sure it really works. So we went to Europe, we checked everything out. Um, now here you see something beautiful. This is the Joburg FM spectrum. This is a measurement that we have done. So I've, I've measured at different um, areas and then I overlaid the different um, uh, this is around Joburg, and you see it's full. So where are you going to put a new FM station? You can't fit a new FM station in here. But you see these little gaps here, these red things. These are gaps that could accommodate a DRM plus signal. So that spectrum that looks like full accommodates 16 of those gaps. Each of them can carry up to three sound servers. It means that full FM spectrum that we have here gives us space for another 48 additional radio services that can live in this very same spectrum without touching another spectrum. Now, we wanted to see if it's working or not, so we are here in between. You see that thing? Um, here is 101.0 that's coming from Pretoria. Here's 101.5 from Brixton. We are here in between. So you see, and even on the parking space in front of our transmitter where our signal is quite strong here, you see the DRM signal is a, is a square signal whilst the FM signals are more triangle. No interference, um, which we could prove. 
Then, of course, we wanted to see how does it perform. Are we interfered by the others or by the neighbors that are strong in there? So we drove around, we did a lot of driving tests, and we found that here is our digital signal, here is our analog neighbor, no problems. Here is our receiver showing us the digital signal, and then the service is coming up. Um, then we did more sophisticated drive-by tests, and then you can see the predictions here. The blue area is, is predicted to be covered, the white area is not. And then you can, you can see here is blue, there is green, where we lose it, we lose it. So it's, it's, it's pretty much identical with the predictions. So it's, it's, it, you can see no matter if we are moving close or far from our interference. So the predictions, they didn't account for the, for the interference. That means that there is no interference. Otherwise, we would have seen different results that would deviate from, from the predictions. Um, general line service, again, now I'm just showing the, um, the general line service, the data that we put on our service. So um, here are the, the uh, we actually have BBC service and our own Kofifi on our trial because BBC was so kind and give us some equipment. But our general line service has an info portal. We put in news feeds, we put local news, we put in there find a job, food and dining, traffic. So that is all the type of information. You are free in your radio station what information you want to put in there. Um, so here we've got about our organization. You see there's even a picture in there. So we can, we can have that information to read. Then find a job. Uh, uh, a job offer as an example. You know, people, they don't have money. They cannot go and just buy every week a newspaper and, and find a job. Or it may be the next place where you want to buy newspaper is far away. You have to walk forever. It's raining or you can't go because you have to look after your sick child at home. Here you switch on your radio and there's your job offerings coming in every minute as it is hot. It's, it's there on your radio. All you need to do is read it up from your radio. If there's something for you in your area that you really wish to do, then you will contact. Uh, uh, and and it's, this, is, this is real uh, uh, bridging the digital divide getting information into the people's homes, the people that have nothing, they don't have data, they have no in, uh, access to information. Um, so the big, the big subject of universal access to information can be used by, by uh, of course, also the public broadcaster, the SABC can also use this, for, uh, this technology. They can, they can use, use it the same as community radio stations. This is not only for community radio stations, but SABC can put up their thing and have their listeners to have something similar to the News24 app that, that the people that have smartphones and have endless data that, that they can use. So the SABC can make use of the same thing. And um, yeah, it, 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 will, it will increase the credibility of the public broadcaster if they come up with a new innovation, a thing like this. Um, Everybody is talking about ICT, but how many really kids have access? Now imagine in rural areas, they can, the small kids can play with the, with the digital radio and have access to information. And um, so yeah, we, we also we I think we will contact UJ and also Wits probably that we can maybe work together, have maybe Wits as a as a as a radio station, put all the campus information on general line and see what happens. Um, then um, another point we've got the SKA square kilometer array. It's it's a, a thing in the Karoo where they uh, because of all these uh, dishes that are there, they are it's, it's a big telescope and they check what's going on there. Are there aliens or is there something outside you know, our world? Um, around 200 kilometers in that area, there is no broadcast allowed above 100 megahertz. 
So the people that are already marginalized in those communities, now they will even have less access to anything. They, they won't have terrestrial television because that is working above. Um, and, and radio very limited. So band one, which is below 100 megahertz, and of course the, the DRM30 can operate also in that area, and we hope very soon we will start to extend our trial also into that area. Um, spectrum, the Millennium Channel. Uh, at the time when there was the conference G06, you know, in 2006 in Geneva when they did digital television, um, they said that uh, we're going to restructure and, and, and we can create space for more television channels on, on digital and then how to reshuffle the network. At that time, people were not thinking of the digital dirigent. But it came later that the people said, oh no, man, that spectrum is lacquer because we can make money with that. We have to just kick all the TV out of that spectrum. So then we can sell the spectrum to the mobile operators and then we make, uh, it's, it's uh, you know, these guys, they always, everybody loves money. So <laughs> um, then people started fighting for the spectrum and there's big policies, conferences and everything going, everybody wants to have that spectrum. Now, um, if, you, if you think of uh, uh, spectrum efficient technologies, it's, it's, it's the best thing that, that you can have right now. now if you think of digital television, if really IMT, they want to take that spectrum, what are you going to do with DTT? Maybe you have to move it back into the VHF spectrum. What are you doing if that is already occupied by something else? So um, these are considerations which are quite, uh, quite recent. Um, but uh, DRM is an answer because it uses spectrum that nobody else wants. You can, you can use it for radio, but not really for something else. Um, so. Another thing is that DRM receivers, everybody's asking, okay, how, how can I receive this? And people say, ah, oh, there are no receivers in the market. Um, I will just skip this slide um, because I will talk about the receivers when we come to, to India. India is the country that has rolled out DRM. And they, they came up with the network first because nobody, they could not get the people to, to produce radius. And they, they had the same argument. They said, oh, why are you rolling out the technology where there's no receivers for? Now see what happened in India. They spent over 3 billion uh, rupees. They have over uh, 8 gigawatt of, uh, of, of, I'm sorry, 8 megawatt of power. And they're serving um, 600 million people there. Now, they came up with this with this official statement where it says it, it becomes national priority that receivers must be there now. It was only in February 2016, just more than a year ago. Then this year, in January, the minister made an official announcement. And guess what happened? The first cars immediately come out with built-in DRM receivers. And every Hyundai that is leaving right now of the, out of these four models, the Indian band is equipped with DRM radio. So don't worry about the receivers. The moment that the industry has confidence that the, adopt, the standard has been adopted, the radios will pop out like mushrooms from the ground. Here you see radio with DRM compatible standard, 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 standard in all these, these models of the, of the car. Now it brings opportunities. Now coming back to the community. Now we can build our own receivers. Um, we can even think of an industry 
and not only in South Africa, but South Africa could be a, a fantastic industry, electronic industry to export these receivers even to India where receivers are required. So it's a, it's a new motor, not only of the media industry, but also of the electronic industry. Here is a, here is a um, uh, business opportunities. What, uh, who is involved, chip makers, module makers, auto, um, aftermarket consumer, something like this, a box that you built into your car that can can make your old car radio still receive digital signals as co end consumers, broadcasters, so um, you can have a look at that. And um, how can benefit South Africa? I'm coming to the end now. Um, audience, broadcasters, and the industry, um, they all will benefit, um, but also policy benefits and regulatory uh, benefits. In the end, full country coverage I think we are very short in time. This is why I'm just uh, running over these slides. But um, yeah, you will have a copy of the of the presentation, and then uh, then uh, uh, you can you can read it in in full. Um, there is a guide that gives you also more information, and uh, that is my presentation. Thank you. <laughs> Any questions? Um, cost for the network or for um, okay um, as I said if you if you think of um, covering uh, an area uh, that you previously have used a 10 kilowatt FM transmitter think of the energy that is going into that transmitter now if you broadcast in DRM to cover the same area, you need only one kilowatt. So there is a, there's a 10 dB signal to noise that you need less on DRM than you would need in FM. So imagine instead of a, one, a 10 kilowatt transmitter, you only need one kilowatt. The transmitter is not that big, it's that small. It's, it's going to be cheaper. You have, yes, a little bit of more high-tech stuff in there that will cost you some extra rents. Um, so you would probably pay similar um, in terms of the capex at the moment because we don't have a big economy of scale yet. It will change the moment that that you have a, a bigger market for that. You know, it's digital technology is an open standard. So what you can do, you can basically in your universities you can de develop uh, uh, local stuff that can do this. It's software. You know, uh, you can you can build a modulator by yourself. You can build a, a, an exciter by yourself. And the, the power amplifiers that you need are the same for FM than for, for DRM. So the costs on the transmission side, at least if you think medium long term, are going to be much cheaper. So you, you will save a lot of operational costs. Um, on the receiver side, of course, FM radios are, are cheap. We all know that. Um, the current situation is that the, the cheapest way of listening to DRM at the moment is if you already have a tablet, you can, you can plug in a, a stick into that tablet that will turn it into a digital radio. It doesn't need to connect to data. As I said, if you want to, to listen, it, it's coming pure from the thing. That will cost you around 200 rand at the moment. Standalone receivers are still a bit more expensive. We're talking about $60 at the moment, but this price will come down the moment that we have a chipset that is available. The, the prices will, they will be definitely below 200 rand. And the more we have that economy of scale. India, as you saw, they only, the announcement was only made this year in January. 
that the standard has been adopted. But there are 600 million people waiting for receivers. So you can imagine what happened. The prices, they will, they will come down and we will benefit from that. Yeah? And as I said, on the other hand, we might also build receivers in South Africa and, and, and start our economy in, in the electronic industry to, to really in ex bring, create a new export market. Does that answer your question? Yes. Um, for an Indian, so they earn about 1,700 grand a month. So, in a sense, this is a this is a problem, and I think that there's been certain skepticism as to whether the price will come down, as you say. I'm very surprised here one for 60 dollars, because I've certainly not seen that. The the Titus two. Is a, is, a, is a receiver that is uh, going to be on the market for, for around 60 to 70. No, um, I've, seen, I've seen prototypes. They were planning to, to introduce it to the market in September. So at IBC, uh, the announcement oh, was yeah. made that it will be regularly available. It also will be available in South Africa. And that is still, uh, uh, I mean, it's a full, with a big 7-inch color display on it. It has a full um, Android uh, tablet functionality, so you can play games on it. You can browse the internet if you connect to Wi-Fi. This is a, is a thing that can cook a coffee for you. But if you, if you really think of optimizing this as a radio to make it cheap, the, the, the devices will come. Um, chipset manufacturers, as I said, NXP, um, uh, then Kenwood, Bosch, um, Pioneer, JVC, they all have a solution in the pipe and they're, they're close to, to, uh, to release them to the market. So it's the, the long thirsty phase of waiting for receivers, I think it is really coming to an end. We've been waiting some time. Yeah. But um, I just, I mean, I absolutely applaud the um, extra diversity that it gives, the extra choice. Um, yeah. Can I just ask though, IT, you work very close, I read this and I had a radio with you in Geneva. Um, we work very closely with ITU. I was understood that ITU are, flat, are actually um, neutral in terms of platform, and therefore I was quite surprised to see that recommendation. Well, ITU recommends the standards for. for uh, um it's, it's not that they that they say you mustn't use under standards, but I mean it's it's the only I mean it's it's an endorsed standard, it's an ITU endorsed standard for all three regions. Of course, DAB is endorsed for region one, and HD Radio is endorsed for region two. But I mean, you cannot use DAB in region uh, in region two because the spectrum is not is, is not working there. There's something else in that spectrum. So receivers that you would bring there, they wouldn't work because you've got other applications on the spectrum. Same as 400 megahertz. You cannot. Where do you want to plug 400 megahertz into our FM spectrum? It won't work. So HD radio cannot work in South Africa because it's it's it, it, it is not compatible. It could only work maybe in a country like Norway if you want to switch off analog radio completely and then you want to redefine the whole spectrum. That could maybe work. But uh, where you want to migrate from analog to digital radio, there's no way of putting anything else in that, that is compatible with the existing analog uh, uh, allocations. 
of, 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 of spectrum. This is why, I mean, you, you can read the, the, the standards. At you, you know, they are technology neutral. They don't, they don't say you must do this or you must do that. Um, I mean, they also don't say you must do ISDBT or you must do uh, DVBT2. Um, but I mean, the, 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 it's very clear. If Botswana comes up and they say we want to do ISDBT, and um, it has never been proven in, in any environment, anything else than six megahertz bandwidth, then uh, it's going to be a problem. I mean, a country of two million people only, the only country in the whole world that would do ISDBT in eight megahertz, and you have to, to extra two um, receivers for them. Uh, it, 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 I don't know how they came ever to that idea to do that, but it's 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 a different story. Yeah. Okay. No, I don't think um, switching FM off is a good idea. And there's only one country in the world that has announced of doing that, and this is Norway. And people are already suffering, and uh, they're already experiencing some, some issues there. Um, DTT, as I said, is a different story, and there's a big lobby behind it to switch off analog television, because people want that spectrum for something else. They want the digital dividend, they want the 800 megahertz, they want the 700 megahertz at least to put to, to make it available to, to, to broadband IMT services. That is on TV. You need that spectrum. You, you, you basically, this is why there is a deadline. The deadline was the 17th of June 2015 that has been missed by, by far. Um, now they're talking 2020. Let's see if that happens. But uh, at the end of the day, there is a need for doing that. There's no need of switching FM off because FM is not in anybody's way. It's just that the problem is that you don't have enough space for radio. So we are stuck here. South Africa has got more than 250 community radio stations, which is an indicator of what a, a nice democratic country this is, because it is giving people a voice. But there are a lot more communities that also want to talk, and there's no space for them. There's no spectrum. And this is why ICASA says, no, we must start something with digital radio, encourage people to go on the platform. Imagine now for Uganda, you said a station must broadcast in English and in the, in, 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 in the national language. Now with DRM, you can do that on one frequency. So you get one frequency, you have an English service, you've got your, uh, uh, um, what is this, Muganda, and, the, and then another language. You can have three languages if you want to simultaneously on one frequency. And uh, I mean, for, for applications like here, you can say, okay, we have one, one in, uh, let's say, one in English, one in, uh, in Closer, and one in Zulu. Uh, no problem, you can do that. And on journal line, on your text, you can then have all 11 languages uh, on, on, on your data services. So it's, it's more like the additional, the addition to what is there. SABC can also slowly start using that technology but the FM will be there for a long time, and uh, they can coexist in the same spectrum as we can see. They don't interfere with each other. There's no need to switch off FM. Maybe in five or ten years, um, you start pick, taking some FM out. If the, the audience is already uh, completely digital for that, why not? But um, it would be a very, very, very low, slow transition, and, and I didn't, don't think it will happen any time sooner than 20 years that FM would be switched off, in, at least in South Africa. <laughs> they launched, uh, they launched, there were no receivers, they launched um, two digital only channels in 
1995, 1996, 24-hour classical music, 24-hour news, and from then on started to develop interest. So they've really shown that commitment. What they're really interested in, actually, is the, similarly with DRMs, the enormous cost savings from actually switching off the FM transmitters. And they're saving an enormous amount of money, which they're reinvesting into programming. So, for instance, the first area switched off on January the 11th. Previously, they had four FM channels. They now can receive 30 digital channels. So, this is a remote area in northern Norway. They're, getting to, they're working their way down. They're getting to the capital in September. Um, and interestingly enough, I'm not certain quite how they're suffering, because my understanding is that it's given such a new energy to radio, the fact that they can launch these new channels, that, um, of course, there was a dip at first. But they've had 20 years of playing these things. There was a dip at first with the surprise. But actually, radio listening, they're now saying, is higher in the areas that have switched on than they were previously. No, it's, it's, not, it's not fair to say they're suffering, but let's say it's controversial. There are some people that are not happy. Other people, of course, are happy. Um, we will see what's going to happen. Um, the outstanding issue is just the car conversion, which is still a little bit expensive. But they've actually got now 1,200 um, garages who have the sort of, um, how do I say, the, the um, permission to do, not the permission, they have a sort of quality mark be able to do quick car conversions. But that's the one little snap thing that's still slightly snagging is the, did uh, you can buy DAB radios for those small Can we call it there? Um, thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we're just going to go to lunch now, um, and the uh, our conversation is about what about the Hey, that's right. Yes. <laughs> The, um, no, the Norway thing, I mean, I'm in very close touch um, with the director of radio in Norway. Mm. It's, it seems to be working. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's, um, sort of